0: And all you New Yorkers. You Taxi. Okay, this is the 77 WABC Minicast. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Obviously, all eyes have been on the Middle East, but a lot of people have been asking the question, what effect is what's happening in the Middle East going to have on American politics? Now, how do you know it is going to have an impact on American politics? Well, because it always has. And just about, uh, I don't know, I guess now it's about 12 years ago, there was a special election for a vacant congressional seat seat in Queens a seat that had been held Queens and Brooklyn to be precise a seat that had been held by Anthony Weiner and out of nowhere in a heavily democratic district a district that had been represented by a democrat for many years A Republican was able to win. Now, he owed his victory in part to the support of Ed Koch. I interviewed Mayor Koch at the time, and he said the reason that he was supporting this Republican was he didn't like where Barack Obama and the Democrats were on Israel. That is one of the many, many fascinating stories about Bob Turner's career. Bob Turner, a lot of you may know as a former congressman. Some of you may even, if you follow New York politics closely, may know him as a former Republican county chairman. But what I didn't realize until picking up his new book, that was then Life Lessons from Queens, Hollywood, and the Halls of Congress, is that if you were to look at Bob Turner's career, As a 26 volume encyclopedia, the amount of time that he spent in politics would be maybe one third of one volume of that incredible, incredible life. This man I knew worked in media, knew did pretty well. I had no idea the impact that he's had on so many media products that have become and have been household names over the course of the last four or five decades. Very, very pleased to welcome former Republican congressman from New York and author of the new book. That was then Congressman Bob Turner. Bob, it's been a long time. It's great to talk to you again. well, thank you very much, Frank. You're too kind. Bob, I alluded to what's going on in, in Israel. Give people a little background who may not remember the stakes uh, in your special election back in 2011. Why would Ed Koch, a an avowed Zionist, a very proud Jew, Why would Ed Koch back you over a Democrat, even though he was a Democrat, over a Jewish Democrat when he was a Jewish Democrat? And to be honest, it was a Democrat that didn't exactly have a history of anti-Israel rhetoric. Why would Mayor Koch back you over that Jewish Democrat?
1: Well, uh, I believe nobody trusted uh, Obama, and uh, he was a suspect to to me, uh, other Republicans, and uh, sane uh, Democrats uh, in, in his approach to uh, Iran and um, a slight anti-Israeli bias, uh, which is kind of typical of uh, the liberal uh, left. Ed Koch was trying to push him in the right direction. Following the election, there was a, a, a meeting between at the U.N., With um, uh, Koch And uh, President Obama And I Immediately after the meeting Asked Ed what was said And he said I can't tell you that All I can tell you is um, That Obama said You sent me a message Message received Later that afternoon he gave The most uh, Pro-Israeli speech Of his career (laughs) Follow up on what actually happened. And um, I have a a pretty bad attitude based on the the one piece of legislation that I got passed concerning Iran uh, reparations. It was discovered that the Iranian assets were frozen, but most of them were in international hands. We had enough clout to see that they weren't released. But we couldn't seize them. The Iranians lost a court battle on uh, the reparations for uh, the uh, Kobar Towers and the Marine Barrack bombings. There was a $1.2 billion in Iranian assets that we could actually seize, and we had it frozen. Uh, My bill, uh, and it was incorporated in a bigger bill, uh, was put together with uh, Bob Menendez of New Jersey, who was the uh, um, Democratic uh, representative on the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee, and I was on the Foreign Affairs Committee in the House, allowed that uh, each of the victims, and there were 85 families involved, would participate equally equally in the reparations that the money could be seized and distributed uh, evenly between everyone and every family that was uh, had a lost loved one. Uh, and uh, they would um, get an equal share, whether they were a colonel or a private or whatever. And um, it was a complex bill because it, it covered uh, finance rules uh, foreign Affairs and uh, one Finance Committee. Uh, so I had to see all the various chairmen of of the different committees to get everybody on board, and uh, it was easily re- received. I had no mm. real opposition, and um, it was now turned uh, for the government to deliver. And uh, I was told that this may take a year of wrangling. It was a Citicorp um, subsidiary. And I was out of the house by then. And not that it would have mattered. But at that point, uh, Obama unfroze the uh, assets despite the bill and uh, as a, some kind of a gesture of peace and goodwill. And how did that work out? Uh, so no, no one it, it's being litigated I understand even today but, but uh, chances of a resolution are are remote.
0: All right, I want to run through a bunch of really fascinating stories that you uh, cover in your book that was then Life Lessons from Queen's Hollywood and the Halls of Congress, but uh, since you brought up the situation in the in the Middle East Give me your thoughts on what we're seeing in Israel now. Obviously, this Hamas attack has left uh, Israel reeling, and it's led to uh, really an international outpouring of support and sympathy for these innocent people that have been killed and these innocent people that have been taken hostage, potentially including dozens of Americans. Give me your take on where we are right now with this Israel situation. Well, I
1: find the the Hamas actions rather curious. I I, I think this is part of a bigger picture. They know they're going to lose going in. Uh, The the ground troops are are crazy indoctrinated, even drugged up. Um, The
0: Hamas ground troops.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, And um, Israel will contain them, I think, from here on in. It'll be a tactical matter. And as far as I'm concerned, it's whether percussion grenades in the tunnels are better than flamethrowers or flamethrowers are better. These people have to be wiped out. And um, I I think they have the will and the leadership at this point to do it. But there can be no surprises here. Hamas does not have the, the wherewithal to sustain this um, in, in any numbers, and they will be obliterated. Um, I, I think the real battle will be in the north, and I don't know what the uh, next step of this is. But uh, Hezbollah, which is a uh, far better trained and equipped uh, arm of uh, Iran, uh, can be rather troublesome. I think the Israelis are capable of of taking care of that matter, too. But things can uh, escalate um, between um, uh, Syria, uh, Hezbollah, and the um, uh, uh, Iranian uh, arms and maybe even uh, troops. So I think what happens in the next couple of weeks will be interesting there. The Israelis have a hell of a fight going through those um, maze of tunnels and and, uh, apartments. Uh, it, It will be far worse than our American battle in Fallujah. But disciplined, smart, patient troops can get it done. And they will.